This is the Kindness and Happiness Connection with Dr. Elia Gorgoris, the Happiness Doctor, and Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver. Join us weekly with our invited guests as we share actionable kindness and happiness tips, insights, and inspiration to promote personal and professional well-being. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you may be in the world. Welcome to another episode of the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast. I am Randy McNeely, the Kindness Giver, joined by my amazing co-host and partner, Dr. Ilya Gorgoras, the Happiness Doctor. You can see his bright, smiling face down there. And we have the privilege... Oh, wait, and say hi, Dr. Ilya. I'll, I'll let you go there first. <laughs> well, not only do I want to say hi and to our guest, Kathy, as well, but I want to announce to the world that the Kindness and Happiness Connection podcast was just awarded a top 20, according to Welp Magazine, of kindness podcast for 2021 across the world. So, woo! Yes! Yes! Been on the list, baby. Yeah. Been on the list. So exciting for that. So, mm-hmm. obviously, we're doing something right. And we, you know, really what makes the show are our guests. And, Kathy, we're delighted to have you uh, on board. So, take it away, Randy. All right. Well, Kathy, it is our privilege, it is our honor to have the amazing Kathy Leguin. She was born and raised in Edmond and Alberta, Canada. For most of her life, she looked outside for her sense of identity, accomplishment, and fulfillment. This included becoming a professional engineer, traveling and living in another country, completing a bodybuilding competition. We're going to have to have that. And even buying a house at the age of 26. However, all of that changed back in 2012 when she started looking within her within looking within herself for fulfillment she since then kathy's been able to understand her true motivating factors and recognize the lessons of compassion and be grateful for them she now lives in vancouver canada and kathy is a woman on a mission she's on a mission to share meditation with the world she makes it fun engaging practical it's just like brushing your teeth you take the time to do that for a few minutes a day and that goes a long way for you and the people around you. You know, you're not not killing them off, really. But <laughs> when she isn't sharing meditation, she is practicing Muay Thai, aka Thai boxing. I probably just slaughtered that too. But Thai boxing and camping with friends, just like anyone else, she still experiences frustration and, and gets upset over things at times. But however, she can handle that with greater self-awareness through meditation and she can question and better understand her thoughts and emotions as opposed to be take as opposed to being taken over by them wow kathy we we can talk about just the stuff here all day just want to welcome you thank you mm-hmm. for joining us on the kindness and happiness connection and well, you got a question for you that we ask everybody it's the first mm-hmm. question we ask everybody every time so I, I be prepared. Here it comes. All right. Kathy, and before I say that, I am a firm believer in the power and healing of meditation. My wife has been a uh, daily for a full hour every day for the last four years. It has changed her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know both of my sons meditate, uh, uh, one of them on a daily basis, the other one on a weekly basis. I'm the, I'm the last I'm the last holdover, so maybe you'll convince me to join them. But I, I, I see the value mm-hmm. and I see how centered and empowered and peaceful they are as a result of this practice, this daily practice. So I am a, I'm a firm believer. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. you know, we always ask 
given this is the happiness and you know kindness uh, podcast we always ask a first question to our guests how has that impacted your life kindness and happiness in both your personal life and your professional life mm-hmm. oh, definitely definitely good question very appropriate for this podcast i would say that kindness for me personally is to show myself kindness when I'm not. So that's when I'm making a mistake, um, get frustrated, and just really allow myself to experience that frustration rather than just pretending that I wasn't sad about it. I know that sounds a little bit different, but I believe we're all human. And there's a part of me that always wanted to be positive, but I never really acknowledge any sadness or any frustration. So this is where I'm just really allowing myself to show myself like, okay, I was frustrated. And then after a couple of moments of experiencing that, I just let that go and give myself grace if I, you know, missed uh, a workout or if I didn't achieve what I wanted or finish everything I wanted to do for the week. I'm like, oh, okay, you just let that guilt go, show greater kindness for myself in those in those moments. And for professionally or just really for interacting with people around me is to look for kindness in others and not have an expectation or of attachment of how that should be. On my last role, I was working with different clients and some of them were more challenging than others. So I recognized that oftentimes I would have that filter that mindset of, oh, this person's going to be difficult to work with. But before the meetings, when I did recognize that, I would just allow myself to breathe for a moment, suspend judgment and be open and just see, okay, what are they really saying if they're complaining? And it oftentimes it means if they're complaining, it means they want to have a better working relationship with me. And I saw that as an opportunity to have those difficult conversations and recognize, okay, this is where we can both improve and um, show each other greater kindness and have a better um, working relationship. And that happens in family as well. Letting go of expectations of how kindness should look. Just know that they love you. (laughs) Yeah. So true. And what about happiness? How does that play into your life? Happiness is a word that I have quite a bit of, I think there's always this pressure for me to be happy. And I'd always put on a smile, but internally I went feel that way so well we can explore that that's okay and i i appreciate your honesty and vulnerability and openness about that so don't feel like you have to give a, a, a an answer just because it sounds right i think mm-hmm. more people can relate to what you just said than mm-hmm. you can possibly imagine mm-hmm. so uh all right we can we can move on we'll come up we can come back to that as well let us think for for sure here's the next question and it comes from you know your background you and i've had an opportunity to talk before, you know, where we had a great conversation, a little bit about you and finding about uh, out about your life and things like that. Mm-hmm. You're an amazing lady, Kathy, and I, and I know you've had some personal challenges, some tremendous challenges. And mm-hmm. can you share with our audience a little bit about your backstory and, and so they can get a sense of what drives you, why you're, why you're Kathy today and why you are mm-hmm. the Kathy you are today? <laughs> Oh, definitely. And um, yeah, a bit about that in my bio was that at the age of 26, I thought I've accomplished so many amazing things, had lots of friends, was busy, was out all the time. But then a part of me felt empty and I didn't know why. And at the time, I even went to go see a psychologist. I'm like, what's wrong with me? I have everything. And I went to school, um, got a job, got a house. And I, I don't know, like things looked good on the outside, but internally I was feeling very empty. And through that, 
I was able to look at my past relationships. So like the biggest one was with my family. So my parents were divorced since I was five. So at a young age, I had to learn to be very independent. And with my mom knowing very little English, I had to like really just be the translator, take care of a lot of things. And then I had a little brother who's one year younger than me and help make lunch and clean up the house and walk to school together, right? But um, the difference was my brother, he actually had a physical disability called muscular dystrophy. And that's a degenerative like physical um, condition, but your mind is still very, very much intact, right? And I didn't know how that would affect our childhood growing up. And I knew he was a little bit slower in walking, but when I turned 14 and he was 13, my mom, she was there, but she couldn't take care of him like physically. Like we had to like be able to like lift him into bed or whichever. Like, and we had social services like monitor us every now and then. But they recognized that we didn't have the physical capability, the emotional capability to really give him like the love and care that he desired or he he needed. Right. So yeah, at the age of fourteen, one day I came home and there's like police officer and social workers are like, "Hey, we're here to take Robert." to a foster home and that was the day that um, I pretty much just shut that part of my life out where it was just easier uh, to go to school and not think about my family right so from then he went to go live in an amazing foster home with a loving family but because of our dynamics we couldn't really see each other and my mom she had her own upset and frustration with having her son taken in a sense taken like that right so, so that happened, and then for 10 years, I just didn't talk about it. I Maybe here and there to friends, but I would just burst out crying. And I recognized that that was a deep part, source of my feeling of emptiness because I was just avoiding a lot of pain, guilt of not being a good sister, and just really avoiding that, right? So back in 2012, that's when I started questioning, okay, how has my past influenced me to where I am today? And then I started talking, uh, like taking more personal development courses, like talking to my mom again, learning about forgiveness. And I actually ended up moving back to Edmonton. I lived in Calgary for a couple of years after school and started building the relationship with my brother again. And at that time, he was pretty much quadriplegic and which was so hard for me to see. But at that time, like we had so many conversations around like forgive, forgiving my mom because she wasn't the mom I thought she could have been, right? But that was just my own expectation. And then forgiving myself for not being there as much as I could and just really appreciating Robert for who he was, right? And just spending time together because it didn't matter what else I accomplished or um, was being busy or having like social media, like likes or whichever. It just really mattered for me to spend time with him and there's this like unique presence about him i could not have could not even explain but i just for myself our personalities were like very complimentary i was like always on the go and he's like okay let's just slow down you know we'll just take it easy as we go to the mall and watch a movie right and yeah that was i always felt like this calming presence after spending time with him and i'm so grateful that during that time i was able to spend that time with him because he actually passed away at the age of 31 and that was in 2017 and that was like my first loss like a challenging situation for me however i was really proud that i was able to really glad that i was able to look at that relationship and let go of like guilt of frustration and just really connect with him as as my brother and I think it's just being able to sit with those uncomfortable feelings uncomfortable situations and 
questioning, okay, what can I learn from this? Or how can I show greater compassion for myself and those in my life? Wow. I, I didn't know, I didn't know your story. So I'm so touched and my heart is so full of gratitude for just your openness and, and your honesty and your vulnerability and just, you know, not really sugarcoating things because life has been hard. And of course, life for Robert was a lot harder than all of us can possibly ever imagine. It sounds like a very uh, intelligent young man just trapped in a broken body in essence. Mm -hmm. Great intellect, but trapped in this broken body that eventually uh, betrayed him to the end, you know, at a very mm -hmm. young age. So first of all, I'm sorry for your loss. It's quite a story. Wow. Mm -hmm. you, well, and the thing that, that uh, impresses me about you, Kathy, is that you've been very resilient. I mean, I, mm -hmm. I know you've been through a lot of hard challenges, but you've been determined not to allow those things to keep you down. You know, you, you, you became a very successful engineer and was it in 2012 when you left being an engineer or was it? 2019, October, 2019. Okay. So you had worked to become a professional engineer and you, mm -hmm. you were having a lot of success. Mm -hmm. You chose to leave that role behind. Mm -hmm. you know, and and why, why did you leave? Why, after you become more self-aware, you share the story about how in 2012, you decided to go back and do these other things. Mm -hmm. What led you to, to working so hard to become an engineer? And then why did you leave? I think a lot of that was for most of my life, I was living from my head. Like logically, this makes sense. This makes, you know, this is what everybody supports me for. But then once I started meditating, I learned to connect more with my intuition, my gut feeling, your heart, however you want to label it, right? And for about a year, I knew something was off, no matter how many motivational tapes I would listen to, how many goals I would set. So I drive to work saying like, I can do anything, right? But it's uh, a part of me. I was trying to mentally force myself into that role. And in October 2019, at Thanksgiving, I just had this realization like, oh, I have other options because for myself, I've always been learned. I've been always been taught to work very hard and be really focused. And if there's any problems, just, you know, there's something to push through. Right. And at that point, I, the idea came in that I have options. So at the time I looked, I was like, OK, well, maybe I just get an, another role and see see if it's a company or see how else I can contribute, but have like a job, but not be in my current role. And so my partner at the time, we looked at our finances, like, okay, I can take a couple months off and kind of figure out what I really, um, what I really want to do. So I typed out my resignation letter and I wasn't sure when to hand it in. I was like, you know what? Okay, Monday, Monday, I'm going to hand in the resignation letter. So like a week after Thanksgiving and that morning I was so nervous. And as I walk in to the office, uh, I saw my manager and I'm like, hey, Brad, I have a letter to give give you and he's like okay I'm like I'm putting in my two weeks notice he's like all right and he uh, he said actually today we're actually, we're laying people off I was in the engineering construction sales world and they knew 2020 wasn't a good forecast year so they're laying four people off that day out of our office of 20 people and I was one of them so <laughs> serendipity timing gut instinct I was gonna hand it in on the Friday actually but I'm like you know what just wait till Monday and then that happened. Wow. Okay. Well, so. Well, I, first of all, I, a couple of comments. You know, uh, the first one is, you, I mean, clearly you're so intelligent, Kathy, but you're, I love the fact that you're heart centered. The, the fact that you've discovered this in your early 30s is remarkable. Most people never discover it in their lifetime, mm -hmm. or they discover it much, much later on as they get older and they get gray hair. It's like, you know what? There's a lot more to life than just work. And I need to listen to my heart. I need to listen to my intuition, to my gut instinct, like you said. The fact that you discovered it early and then you acted upon it is remarkable. 
Like seriously. And I'm a people person. I know. I mean, I work with tens of thousands of people. Believe me, that's very unusual for somebody to be as young as you and to make that transition. Mm-hmm. Um, so let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. Why is it important to uh, kind of thoroughly understand the fact that you know the work that we do has an impact on people, right? And mm-hmm. and so how did that understanding for you drive you to start med- meditation, mm-hmm. which is so different than engineering, obviously? Mm-hmm. And then what impact has that had on your professional happiness and well-being? Mm-hmm. Actually, brings me. I'm going to introduce a short tangent concept right now. It's from the book Shambhala based on meditation and it talks about how there's two perceptions we can have and one is of the rising sun so if you have a brand new day where there's full of opportunity full of excitement and we can see life in through that lens the other perception is one of the setting sun one that where the day is almost ending things are coming to an end right and i just relate that to my like engineering profession where i almost had that as a setting sun like this is it and there wasn't any like excitement or vigor in my day, even though I enjoyed the work I did. And earlier on, I, I loved and I love engineering, right? There's so many great aspects of it, right? but just for me, it wasn't quite a match, right? And then now being in the meditation heart-centered space, I know that my life is beyond me. It's more than just me maintaining my basic living expenses and, and lifestyle. It's to make an impact on those around me. And I, um, so with that, with meditation and sharing what I truly enjoy from a heart level, sharing with others or the work that I enjoy doing, that has given me a perception of the rising sun to be curious and be excited about what opportunities are coming up. That's so good. That's a great, that, that is great. I love that, that analogy to the rising sun and to the, to the setting sun. And you're taking full advantage of the rising sun that's coming up. You're not just sitting stagnant, hoping that mm-hmm. something's going to happen. You're 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 working directly on making it happen. That's mm-hmm. fantastic. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Well, so our audience wants to get a hold of Kathy, Lake, and I'm going to slaughter your name again. Just Kathy. Just Kathy. Mm-hmm. Get a hold of you, Kathy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is the what's the best way for them to be able to get a hold of you? Yeah, absolutely. So right now I have my corporate meditation business, which is mintmeditation.com. So they can get a hold of me there. Join me on Thursdays. I have a free, like a 30 minute lunchtime class. And then you even add me on Instagram. I'm just a regular person who likes to go out <laughs> at it's Kathy, T-O-T-W underscore. And so that stands for like Kathy takes on the world. <laughs> and um, yeah, so you can reach me through there. And what about LinkedIn? And, and and LinkedIn, yes, LinkedIn, yes, yes, yes. Expand uh-huh. my network and LinkedIn, yes. Well, so you you shared a lot of wisdom with us today, and we always like to end our conversations with, what are the, your three tips, like nuggets, hmm. golden nuggets for a, a life well lived? You know, imagine you were coaching somebody, you're coaching your audience hmm. right now, and from your experience, what would be the three things for you that you have found have made the biggest difference in your own personal life? but also in the professional life of the people that you coach. So I'd say the first one is personally to allow yourself to experience your emotions without judgment. So happiness, sadness, anger, frustration, just allowing yourself to experience them and then know that that's very much our human nature and give ourselves compassion for that as well and let that go, right? And I would say the second one is to... I know, I guess this is more maybe a challenge as opposed to like a life uh, gold nugget, but go for a walk, 
without your phone. Go for a walk without your phone. Allow yourself to be present. <laughs> I go for a daily walk, three miles a day minimum, every single day, no matter what, come rain or shine. And I'm at 50% with that. Like 50% of the time I take the phone and I'm talking to other clients, friends, family, and so on, because it's convenient. But other times I consciously do exactly what he just said and leave the phone behind. Uh, the first couple of times I did it, I, I felt like, almost like naked. Where's my phone? Where's my phone? You know, leave it, you know. But the more I've done it, the more I've connected with God, but me personally, because I walk and talk mm-hmm. and meditate. I, that's My meditation is a walking meditation. Mm-hmm. Uh, connect with my inner self, embrace it, and uh, really appreciate the beauty of nature all around. Like mm-hmm. my wife and I went for a walk this morning, like at six in the morning, uh, in in open space, and there was one bird that kept following us. I swear to you, for fifteen minutes out of the kept like mm-hmm. we're and was serenading us with this beautiful music. And she mm-hmm. turned to me and she says, "I mean, I get chills. It's very profound." She goes, "Look at that! One little bird can bring mm-hmm. so much joy." like one one small little bird with its music and it just kind of made our day this is how our day began the sunrise right mm-hmm. the, the sun rose on this little bird serenading us and it was so beautiful if you're on your phone you're not going to hear that mm-hmm. or you'll hear it in the background but you want to really pay attention to it mm-hmm. you know the blue skies everything is green right now it's springtime there's so much beauty so challenge accepted i'm going to switch from 50% to 75% no phone (laughs) right on right on (laughs) what's your third do you have one more i do have one more and i'll just speak to that dr elia and i in our from what i'm my perception of our society is we always have to be doing being productive listening to an audiobook be on the phone whichever and i was very much caught up and actually the reason why i started meditating was to optimize my brain power from sports athletes and um, like engineering exams and just really create that mental headspace, right? And um, yeah, just allowing yourself just to experience peace and stillness and to recognize those moments of beauty is so powerful, so powerful. And I would say my last advice is to practice compassion daily. And what that can look like is just for five minutes through meditation or just sitting outside, imagine yourself being in the shoes of someone else in your life. So it could be a family member, it could be a colleague, it could be someone that made you upset, right? And this, not just like mentally think like, oh, if I um, was a teenager, I'd act that way too, but put yourself in that role and say they're learning, they're experiencing their freedom, experiencing their own voice. And then you're like, oh, okay. And just having that greater sense of wholeness in your experience, right? So so I, I, I know our time is up, but I have to have, I have a follow-up question to your number, to your third point, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of people, especially in the Western world, mm-hmm. um, might say, how does stillness benefit me? Like mm-hmm. how, do, you know, because you're right, we're so driven and productive Oh, you hear everybody, how's your day going? I'm so busy. I'm overwhelmed. I'm saying, I got so many things to do. I get, you know, I'm multitasking, whatever. Mm-hmm. How the value of stillness, mm-hmm. how does that refuel or recharge mm-hmm. our battery? It really allows you to recognize what is important. There are so many distractions, so many opportunities to take our attention away from the present moment. But stillness allows you to recognize from within what needs to be done. And what's optional i think we're most people operate from a set point or a level of busyness that they're used to so when things do calm down they'll find something to fill in that space right so having that stillness allows you to take a, take a step back and see the entire forest to see if that's a forest you actually want to be in very nice yes i think we need, we just need to hear that more often and, and uh 
more importantly, like anything else in life, it doesn't matter what you know. What matters is what do you do with what you know. Mm -hmm. So to put into to put into application what you just said is uh, it's not easy for people. Mm -hmm. But I I know the benefits. I mean, I see in my family. Mm -hmm. uh, so thank you for sharing your pearls of wisdom. It is uncomfortable. I still check my phone. I still watch YouTube videos at night, eat a bunch of chocolate, right? But then when I can catch myself, I can just stop it so I don't just mindlessly eat a bowl, bowl of popcorn, right? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it is uncomfortable. And I think that was one of the things that helped, like, allowed me to sit with all the challenges I recognized um, early, early on in my self um, personal development journey to just allow myself to sit with the uncomfortableness rather than just go to the next distraction. And I think what you're saying, you're in, in essence, you're promoting mindful living. Mm -hmm. Like, like let's choose our lives versus having our, have our lives happen to us, and we're just gonna go along for the ride with that. Uh, but actually, choose mindfully, be more mm -hmm. present, which is nice. You know, most people either live in the past or in the future. Very few mm -hmm. live in the present. Mm -hmm. So, uh, no, loved it. Thank you for being on our show. This has been mm -hmm. great. Yeah, this has been awesome. Thank you so much, Kathy, for being on with us today. Thank you to our mm -hmm. audience for listening. Mm -hmm. We so appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to uh, be with us. And I invite you to stay tuned for the next episode. We're going to have a great guest. An amazing lady named Cole Baker Bagwell. She's the founder of an organization called Cool Audrey. She is one of the queens of kindness in this world. And Boy, you're not going to want to miss this episode. She's got a lot of great advice to share with us. So stay tuned. Thank you again for joining us today and enjoy the rest of your day or your evening or your night's sleep and have a great rest of your week. If you have suggestions for guests or discussion topics, please send a message via our Anchor page at anchor.fm forward slash kindness hyphen happiness or send an email to randy at randymcneely.com with the subject, Podcast Suggestion. Remember, kindness is a choice. And happiness is a choice always. So choose to be kind and choose to be happy today and good things will follow. Have a wonderful rest of your day.